Look at Genesis again tonight, Genesis chapter number 32, Genesis chapter number 32. We're going to be in the same text we were this morning, of course, Genesis chapter number 32, and if you were not able to be in the service this morning, I would encourage you to go back and listen to uh, this morning's message, and uh, it will tie into tonight simply because it's from the same uh, text, but we'll go in a completely different direction tonight. Uh, Genesis chapter number 32, and I'll begin reading in verse number 24, and tonight I'm going to be very practical uh, in my message this evening, and I do not think I'll be very long, uh, which usually means the opposite, but uh, uh, that's my intention anyway. Uh, Genesis chapter number, th- see if y'all would listen and get the truth, I wouldn't have to go over and over and over. Uh, verse 24 of Genesis 32, and Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. He said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. He said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. Uh, I'll read verse 30, 31, and 32, but there's an interest, interesting thought there to me. He asked him the name, wouldn't give the name. Uh, on your own time, go to the end of Jacob's life and, and read the end of Jacob's life, and you'll, you'll, you'll see how uh, there, there's something that ties together there. And uh, Jacob called, verse 30, the name of the place, Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. He passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. This morning I used this passage to preach a message entitled, Leaving Your Past Behind. Jacob had some things in his past uh, that... Uh, uh, were not good things. Uh, he had deceit. He had running. Uh, he had uh, trouble in his past. And his wrestling with God, he, God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And there was a great change in how it was a wrestling match and it was something he wanted to take place. So that was a message in itself. And I, and I mentioned toward the end of the message, what I, the title of my message tonight uh, is uh, where did you get that limp? If we notice the text, as Jacob wrestled, uh, it says that he wouldn't let him go. And the one he wrestled with says he prevailed not against him. And so what he did is uh, he reached down and he touched his thigh, touched the thigh of Jacob. And the Bible tells us how that affected Jacob. Jacob went up on that mountain. He had his strength. He had all of his ability. But Jacob came down different than he went up. Not just in the effect, and don't miss this, not just in the effect of his name was different. But everybody who saw him from that day forward noticed there was something different about him. He was different because of that encounter. And I was going to say this a little bit later in the message, but I'll go ahead and say it now before I pray. You cannot have an encounter with God like I described this morning, as I preached this morning, and you not be different. And so it's something we should pray, Lord, 
I'm not going to let you go until you bless me, till you help me, till you, you, so I can put all of this behind me. I'm, I'm, I'm done running. I want you to do a work in my life. Uh, you pray that, you need to be, you need to be, 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 be careful. Uh, or you need to be ready. Because you cannot have a, a wrestling match with God and it not affect you. Um, sometimes, in order for God to do that in your life, He has to affect your health. Sometimes He has to affect your wealth. Sometimes He has to affect your standing. But you are different. And He uses those things. Could, could, he, have, could he have done it a different way? I'm certain He can, but He chose to do it this way. And so I want to give the, I've given the message this title tonight, Where... Did you get that limp? Father, help us tonight as we look at this simple truth. Uh, we look at this wonderful story. Uh, so much uh, to behold uh, in this passage of Scripture. Much we've looked at already this morning. Uh, but I pray tonight the Spirit of God would speak to us again, work in our hearts again, uh, do a work only you can do. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Obviously, as I've already mentioned, Jacob was never the same. His name went from Jacob to Israel. And we know that he had the blessings of God on his life uh, prior to and then beyond that encounter. Jacob did have an interesting life, and his life would continue to unfold in an interesting way. Uh, but he certainly was never the same because uh, he was affected in the, in the fact that his thigh was touched. Uh, it says it was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Uh, we don't know how extent uh, that limp was. But he was different uh, from the time that he left that encounter with God. I, I don't know, I, I try and I don't know if you'd ever do this, but when I read a story in Scripture such as this one, I try and place myself in, in the story. I'm a reader, as you know, so I have a pretty vivid imagination up here. And so as I, as I read, I'm trying to imagine uh, what it would, would have been like. What would he have looked like? What the, the limp and his encounter with, with people. And you think about that. Uh, he was never the same. And I wonder as he uh, saw people, people look at him and say, hey, looks, he's, there's something different about him. Uh, he's walking different. And by the way, for application for you and I, when you do have an encounter like this with God, and, and God does do some things in your life, you are different. You do walk different. People notice a difference. Uh, prior to this passage of Scripture in our text tonight, uh, we know from, from this morning and from, from the Scripture that he's about to see Esau. We know Esau is the one who wanted to kill him because he stole the birthright. God is going to mend that relationship to a degree. And he has sent his servants on, and he's told his servants that here's the gifts, and he sent his wives on, his, his two wives across the, the river, and now he's all by himself. And you think about this, the next time he saw his own family, he was different. And I wonder, as he got into the presence of his family again, what happened to you? Where'd you get that limp? He's going to see Esau on, in the next chapter. And it had been some time since they had seen each other. They didn't have Facebook to keep up with what's going on in each other's life. And I wonder if Esau, if Esau asked the question, where'd you get that limp? Everybody who had heard of Jacob and now becoming Israel, certainly throughout his life, this would be a course of conversation. I imagine it this way as Jacob gets older and his children begin to have their own families. And the grandkids come around. And you know how every 
granddad's got to have stories about how awesome they were back in the day. And I wonder if the grandkids come around and said, Granddad, I don't know what, I don't know what term papal or whatever they called, Hebrews called their, I don't, I don't know. Poppy? Does that work? What, uh, where'd you get that limp? Uh, why, are you, why do you walk that way? Children in their bluntness and their sincerity, they seem to just, they just come out with it. They're not sensitive at all. Why do you walk funny? Why can't you keep up with us? And the opportunity that Israel had to tell his grandchildren of what took place in our text tonight. There was a time when I wrestled and I saw God face to face. And I walk this way because of my encounter with God. I limp because of my encounter with God. And friend, all of us here, if we're going to have the kind of experience I preached about this morning where we've all had failures and we've all had failings and we need to leave those in the past and we just need to have that time with God where we wrestle with Him and say, I want to have that breakthrough. God, I want you to change me. I want you to, to, to set me on a new course so I can have victory and so I can serve you. If we are going to have that kind of a moment when God is really going to empty us of ourselves and He's going to uh, uh, draw that line, if you will, where we're no more Jacob, but now we're we're a new person. We're Israel. We've had that time with God where we just grabbed a hold of him and said, God, I'm not letting you go. You've got to do something in my life to help me, to change me so that I can have victory. I've got to have you. You cannot have that kind of experience, if I can put it this way, without walking away with a limp. Your limp and my limp may not be visible in how we walk but as I've already alluded to, it may be a change in your health, and God uses situations like that to do in your life what, he, what you want Him to do in your life. It'll be a course, it'll be an opportunity you have for the rest of your life to talk about the goodness of God through your limp. The grace of God through your limp. Jacob was probably self-conscious about it. He probably tried to walk as erect as he had always walked. But without fail, it was different. It, it had taken place. He now had this handicap, if you will, that he couldn't always disguise. And at some point, it was going to come up. And how did that happen? He had an opportunity to talk about the change that God took place in his life. Friend, you and I, we all have things in our life that they're a reminder to us. But if we'll allow them, we'll, that limp that we have, it may not be a change in our gait. It may not be a change in how we walk. It may not be uh, in, in the slowness of pace. But there is an effect that has taken place that God has used as we wrestled with Him. He may not have physically touched our thigh and our if I go out of joint, it may be something different with us, but it's an opportunity for us to be reminded. It's an opportunity for us, through the grace of God, to be an example to others. I want to mention very quickly four areas that I want, I want, I want to think about tonight. When we thought, think about that limp, and where did you get that limp? 
Number one, Jacob's limp was a reminder of God's presence. Verse 24, we've read it several times today already, and Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. There was never a night in his life like that night. I, I, I trust that you have. You probably have. I can, I can tell you I've had those encounters where I have not physically wrestled with God. But as I preached this morning, you wrestle with the Spirit of God. You wrestle with the Word of God. But I can tell you I was exhausted as if I had physically wrestled. When God works in your life and you go to get to that place where you say, I can't run anymore and God, I've got to have you change me, and I've, I've got to have an answer, and, and I may not live another day because, you know, my brother who's sworn to kill me, I'm going to encounter, I don't know what else to do other than you've got to make some changes, and you've got to do something in my life. It, that limp, every day he walked with it, he was reminded of the time where he was in the presence of God unlike any other time he's ever been in his presence. And what a reminder to him of when he got that limp, but it was also a reminder of God's presence. Friend, I hope that you understand what I'm talking about. There are times in our life when we have to go to God. And as I preached this morning in, in that line of putting that past behind us and our failures behind us and our stumbles and our falls behind us, and God can make a change in us and we wrestle with Him and wrestle with Him. Sometimes... It's not necessarily, of course, it applies to mistakes that we've made, but our inadequacies. And, and God, I, I, want, I want to be the right kind of husband. I want to be the right kind of father. And I, I want to be the right kind of Christian. And I, and I want to be able to, to serve you. And I want you to be able to use me in, in the lives of other people. You've got to have some times when you're in the presence of God so you can be purified. You're in the presence of God so that, so that you can be strengthened. And God's going to have to do a work in all of our lives. And that Lent was a reminder of God's presence. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't mind being reminded of God's presence. I trust you don't. But sometimes the reminder is not what we want it to be. Let's be honest. Some of you, you're more aware of God's presence after your health failed you than you were before. You're more aware of God's presence in your life after you fell flat on your face and you got up and he dusted you off. And you had that wrestling with God. And he said, no more, Jacob, but Israel. That limp was a reminder of God's presence. And by the way, when others saw him and they knew the story, it was a reminder to them of, boy, Jacob's met with God. Jacob's met with God. Let me just interject right here. Uh, as I preached this morning on leaving the past in the past, you know, this world will beat you up. This world will, 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 do a, will do a number on you. Sin will work you over. By the way, I'd rather have a limp for spending time with God than a limp from this world beating me up. There's a difference. Uh... And sometimes young people, especially grow up in a church like ours, they've, been, they, they've heard it their whole life and they've seen testing in the lives of the people. I don't want to go through that. Uh, well, the limp you have from limping back to the things of God, it's a different limp than actually spending time with God. But let me make another application with that. 
The fact that you are serving God tonight, the fact that you're in the house of God tonight is a testimony to the grace of God. I mean, you ain't got to talk about your limp all the time. But at the same time, we need to start giving credit where credit is due. You know, there's something to not quitting in the Christian life. I remember when I was in, in, in Bible college, seems like decades ago, because it was. <laughs> I, had, I had a teacher who mentioned one time, just, just random in class, happened to be awake during that one, and, and he made the statement, you, 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 you men that think you're going to go change the world and you've got all of these dreams and, and you've got it all figured out, he said, you're going to just be able to, just to, be, to still be in the ministry in 20 years. I was like, I'll have the world saved in 15. Because you, you, you think, well, here it is. Man, there's truth to that. There's something to not quitting in the Christian life. Everybody in this room's had an opportunity to quit. And that's just today. But the limp, we get self-conscious about it. I wish I didn't have to have that encounter. Well, you did. You did. I think Jacob would much rather have the limp than to go back to being, the Jake, to being Jacob. I think Israel would have rather limped around than going back to just being Jacob. Same is true in our life. It's a reminder of God's presence. Number two, Jacob's limp was a reminder of God's promise. This, this, this will be a good truth to help you. Verse 26. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Jacob wanted confirmation of God's promise. Now think back to the story of Jacob and how Jacob deceived his father and got the birthright. When Isaac blessed Jacob... And you know the story, Jacob, Esau went out. Jacob disguised himself to make him think, his father think it was, he was Esau. And Isaac gave the blessing. Once Isaac gave that blessing, that was the promise of God. There's nothing Esau could do about it. There's nothing Jacob could do about it. But yet Jacob knew who he was. He knew the things that had taken place in his life. And God, you, you, study, you study the life of Jacob out. While he's been on the run, God has still blessed him. God has still poured his blessings out on him. You can say it's undeserving, but every blessing we get is undeserved. But here Jacob is wrestling with God, and he says, I'm not letting go until I know that you're going to bless me. See, what he had done in his past had put doubt on God's word in his mind. Because Jacob knew what he was. Jacob knew how he got about, came about the promise. Jacob had been on the run, and God had blessed him. He said, I'm not going to let go until I'm convinced that you're going to bless me. And, this, and the birthright was on him. The blessings of God was on him. But in spite of his failures, he said, I've got to know, and I'm not leaving until I know that you're going to bless me. He had to have confirmation of what God already said he was going to do. How many times has that taken place in your life? Pastor, I know what the Bible says, but I just got to know. I've heard it all my life, but please just tell me. 
that it is true. I, I, I know, but God, I just got, I, I, got, I got to have you confirm that what you've already said is going to try. I believe you're going to take care of me, but I'm not letting you go until you tell me again that your promises are true. See, I hope you get what I'm saying. We've, we've all been there, and it's a faith thing with us. And, and in spite of Jacob's inadequacies and his failures and his running, God was still blessing him because God's word is true. And because God said he would. And God said he would take care of you. And that's a wonderful thing for us to remember. But, but I believe I would be safe in saying tonight we've all been to a place in our life where we've had that little bit of doubt, and we don't mean to, but we put doubt on what God has said, and what it really is is we know we don't deserve the blessing of God. We wonder if, if God will really take care of us. And God, i got to know that what you said, i got to know that you're going to take care of my family. I'm not letting you go until you... Well, he's already promised you. If you obey his word. God, i, I got to know... I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've prayed that prayer. I know what that book says. God, i gotta, I got to know that you're going to take care of us as a church. That blip was a reminder of God's promise. Yeah, God, God, God reminded me again that he keeps his word. And friend, let me assure you tonight, no matter where you think you are on the backside of the desert, you're in the wilderness, un, you've been forgotten, you don't think God knows about you. You don't think God cares about you. Or as I preached this morning, you've got things in your past that you wish were not true. Times you've stumbled, promises you've made to God you've never fulfilled. Uh, th things you just, you just, you've got relationships that aren't right. Or maybe you've got wasted time. Whatever it is, and we get this sense that because I am who I am, I am what I am, I've made the mistakes that I've made, that God doesn't care about me or... I've messed up to the point where God's not going to provide for me. Friend, let me encourage you tonight. God's promises are God's promises. And if God says he's going to do something, he's going to do something. I think we need to be reminded from time to time that God's promises are true. And every time Jacob limped as he did away from that encounter, it was a reminder that God's promises are true. God was going to bless and has blessed through Israel. And this is just me, and, I, and, and I'm not God, and I know we're all thankful for that. But Jacob wouldn't have been my choice to name Israel. To me, there's at least what God has let us see in their life through Scripture. There's some who don't have back in the past like he had in the past. But see, it wasn't about the man. And a big a part of this was the fact that he had this encounter with God. But it's less about the man and more about God's promise. And it was a reminder that God, of God's promises in his own life. I'm thankful for the reminder. You know, I don't have a physical lip yet. I'm getting to the age where I might have one before too long. And those of you that have already graduated into that older category and into your retirement and all that, thank you for telling me how 
miserable it is, so I have something to look forward to. Thank you for telling me that all you do is go to doctor's appointments and ache and hurt and all that. Thank you so much for that. And uh, so when I hit 65, I jump off a bridge. It's your fault. I don't, I don't want to face any of that. I don't have that physical limp. <clears throat> but I do have some limps in my life, if you will. If I didn't have them, there's some promises I wouldn't be convinced of that are true. But I can tell you, I wish I didn't have the limp. But every time I have to deal with that, I can tell you there's promises that I know are true. There's encounters with God. I'm reminded of His presence. And there, see, I wish I could run like I always could be able to run. You wouldn't be convinced that God's word is always true. You wouldn't be convinced that God's presence is always going to be there. And that is what, where that limp came from. And it was a reminder of God's promises. Number three, Jacob's limp was a reminder of God's power. We see once again in verse 28. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince has thou power with God and with men and has prevailed. God changed his name. But it's more than just a name change. God changed the man. Ladies, let me help you. You can't change the man. Some of you woke up on that. You can't change the man. You single ladies, let me just give you some help here. If you think you're going to change him after you marry him, you ain't. Matter of fact, it's going to be worse. You can't, you can't change a man. But some of you tonight, your adult children are living outside the will of God. You can't change them. It's not from a lack of trying. Not from a lack of desire, but you can't. Nobody can change a man with the power of God. You ever known somebody who, they're just, they're likable. But when it comes to life, and especially spiritual matters, the, the phrase is used, they can't get out of their own way. It seems like they get up on their feet and they take a step and they just, they're their own worst enemy. And you do what you can do, and you try, and, and you help as much as you can help, and and it's really pitiful because they don't have the character or they don't have the self-control to even make themselves do what they know they should do. So what hope? Only God can change a man. He changes man in salvation, but he can change a man and make him a new man. And obviously, we never knew Jacob... We've never been in the presence of Israel, but the pages of Scripture give a testimony that what took place in that encounter was so powerful that God said, Jacob is no more, and now it's Israel. And the power of God, was re we were reminded of the power of God in every step that he took. It would be good for you to be reminded, and some of you, some of some of that are saved at a younger age is hard, but you've got to work at being reminded of what God has done for you after salvation. 
And this is a danger of Christian people. It's a danger in churches like ours. It's a danger of second and third and fourth generation Christians. We don't think we were, we were that bad. Or it's been, we've been far enough removed from our salvation. We've cleaned up. I mean, look around. Look how good y'all look tonight. All right, now do it with your eyes closed. And it's even better. Uh, you know, you just, well, look, look we're, not, we're not living a life that we... Hey, every, every step you take, you need to be reminded that it's from the power of God that changed you. It's the power of God that made a difference in your life. Well, you have an encounter like this. Sometimes you look at people and say, well, what got into them? Can I tell you, as, as, as your pastor, I can see it. I can see when God has done something in the life of somebody. Something different. It's not always the same, but you can tell. Just, just by the way, I can tell the other side of that spectrum too. But you can see the visible change. You can see the demeanor. You can see God doing something. And, and, and sometimes it takes God breaking an individual. And sometimes it's that, that sim- very similar to what we preached about this morning. There's something that God does in their life. That line is drawn. And, and what is from behind is behind. And now I can press forward. But Jacob's lip was a reminder of God's power. Say, well, I want to be, I I be, I be changed. I want God to do something in my life. It's more than just... Make being caught up in an invitation time and saying, God, change me. That preached this morning, it's, it's a little more difficult than that. You've got to wrestle. But if you want God to make a difference in your life, the power is available. You can read all the self-help book, books in the world you want. It's not going to change you. The power of God will change you. Number four, Jacob's lip was a reminder of God's preservation. Verse 30, and Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. In verse number 24, you find Jacob left alone. Why, how, why was he left alone? He's, he's, he's getting everything in order just in case it doesn't go well with his brother. You've got to bear in mind, as I described this morning, Jacob was the one who always stayed inside playing video games. Esau was the one that was out hunting and fishing and working with his hands and, and, and living the outdoor life. The reason why Jacob was able to still, uh, still some of you get, still get offended by that, so I'm, I'm just going to keep saying it every service. Uh, 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 J- Jacob was able to steal the birthright because Esau was out hunting. And in that kind of scenario that, that I paint very quickly right there, you can see why Jacob would be afraid of Esau. Uh, he could kill me. He has the ability. And there's not a whole lot I can do about it. That's why Jacob was running and running and running and running. But he's decided he's not running anymore. He's, he's, he's done running. He's sent servants with gifts. He's now sent his family off ahead of him, and he's by himself wondering if he's going to die. Wondering if it's finally going to catch up with him. And quite frankly, that's what drives him to this encounter when the Lord presented himself. He took advantage of it, but he makes that statement, now that I've seen God face to face, there's a peace that had come from that. There was pain in the touch to his thigh. But there's peace 
that came in seeing God face to face. Now my life is preserved. It's going to be okay. He's going to take care of me. In chapter number 33, you read, I'll not take time to read it tonight, but I encourage you to do it later. You read the meeting between Jacob and Esau. And certainly, Jacob's life was preserved. Jacob lived a long life. He lived his future days with a limp. I don't know, I wonder how many times he got asked, maybe none at all, but I just wonder how many times he got asked, where'd you get that limp? Every time he was asked, he was reminded of this significant event in his life. But he also had an opportunity to tell somebody else about his encounter with God. Friend, my challenge, and as I mentioned this morning, I, I very rarely do this on a Sunday morning and Sunday night, preach two, mess, two different messages from one text. But certainly these two messages tie together because they are from the same text. I think every child of God is going to have a time. They need to have that encounter. And sometimes it's when we've just messed up. Sometimes it's from the realization that we have wasted time. Sometimes it's from the realization that, that you know, I'm flesh and the devil parks on our shoulder, reminds us of, of our failures and our faults. We just need to have that time to say, God, you've got to make a change. And, and sometimes it just, it's, the application is just, man, I just, I'm just not happy where I'm at. I'm just not content in my Christian life. And I need God to do something in my heart and in my life. I want to go to that... I want to serve Him in a greater way. I want Him to, to purify me. I want Him to make me more of a, a useful vessel in His hand. And in order to do that, you've got to wrestle with God. But you'll walk away different. Sometimes I've already mentioned your, God will use your health. God will use your wealth. God will use other circumstances in your life. And you may not physically limp, but you'll be different. It'll be noticeable. It'll be a change. Let me kind of end the message like this. Have that encounter with God. Have it. But don't be ashamed of how you are when you come away from it. Well, there'll be some difficulty. But I don't, I don't know that Israel ever complained. Because... The further he got away from that experience, he was able to look back and say, it's because of that that I experienced the blessings of God. I could put all of that behind me. But you have to first be willing to grab a hold of God and say, God, I ha I'm not letting you go. I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I'm not letting you go until you tell me, until you convince me that your promises are true. God, I, 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 want, I want to be different. I don't want to be the same. And God in His power can say, no more Jacob. Well, now you're a new man, Israel. I'm thankful God is still in the business of making people new. Some of you, if I gave you the opportunity, we'd be here all night, but if I gave you the opportunity, you could testify that you're doing things for the Lord today that you never thought you would do. 
It's because God made you another man. And there's some you still sit. It's not because of your lack of desire to please God. I really believe you want to please God. It's not because of your lack of, like you have, you're unconcerned about people and you're unconcerned about souls, but the devil has convinced you that you can't serve God. There's promises for everybody else. You know what you need to do? You need to make up your mind. You're going to set aside some time, and you're just going to say, God, I'm going to grab a hold of you, and I'm not letting you go until you give me what I need. And let God make a new person out of you. But in order to do so, figuratively speaking, he may have to reach down and touch your thigh. It's going to change you. It's going to alter you. But that limp is an opportunity for you to testify of God's goodness, God's pray, presence, God's power, His ability in your life. Father, I pray tonight you'll use the, the Scripture. I pray you'll use these truths to 